So did we decide to take the long way around to get to fear? Yes, absolutely. What's the long way? Swimming? I don't know. I'm just looking at the map right now, and I'm get Who drew that? I have no idea. Certainly was not me. <laughs> Why did we loop around a cloister? That's the question. You cloistered yourselves there for a while. Hey, cool. There's a pleasure world over there. The heart-shaped loop around uh, Lannis 5 is a nice touch. I'm assuming that is representative of actual travel and not your emotions for the place. Oh, absolutely. It's It, it, it seems like... Again, I didn't make this, but it <laughs> seems like it's the most optimized route to get to fear. Warp currents be weird, yo. It might be the most optimized route. So I've got my gigantic beer stein the size of a Nalgene bottle full of water that I like to have with me while I record, so we're ready to go. Let's see, last time on It's Probably Heresy, we had a reintroduction to all our characters and started to do some little flashback sequences to get to know a bit of their past. And we're going to continue with that for at least the, the first part of this um, session. Quick before we start, Ned, did you think of what little like shopping item you actually wanted to get before you left the system? No, sorry. It's been a really busy week because I've just moved. Um, I will help someone get something to eat, though. Uh, sure. Did anyone have a thing they wanted and didn't get? Poison. Power sword. <laughs> when in doubt, power sword. I haven't looked up poisons, though. Shit. I can just make them. Yeah, it's true. You guys will also have opportunity to acquire this stuff when you get to fear they have a mechanicus outpost with stuff there so just i i just wanted to do a quick acquisition here before we left well does anyone really need something power sword cop cop power sword cop i mean we've got the um zarkov has more melee weapons than he can actually fit in all his hands and feet at once true, at the moment true. But I'd give up my chain swords for a uh, for power sword. You would. Well, what's yeah. the rating on a power sword? How uh, how low would I have to roll? I think it's probably minus twenty to acquire minus twenty difficulty. I'll do it. It's an influence, right? Yeah. Let's go for it. You I'm gonna have... see if I can get a power sword. I have fifty-five. Yeah. Can he look for multiple power swords? No, I'm starting with the one. We'll go with from Just, there. I would like a crate of twelve, please. Simple. Can I get a discount? So minus twenty. It's very rare. Uh, just just roll for it right now. Okay, I'll, I'll roll for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Should I roll at minus twenty or just regular? Roll at minus twenty because I think that's what okay. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two. You got it, boy. All right. So, are you going to give this power sword to Zarkov, or are you going to keep? <laughs> uh, you can a... keep it. Don't don't feel bad about that. No, I should give it to you. You'd use it better than I would. Ketho is actually not a bad fighter. That's true. Um, yeah, and it doesn't bother me, honestly. Not to mention, John needs two. Yeah, that's true. If I get, a, if we get, if we get a second one, they're yours. Yeah. No, that's cool, and it looks fancy. <clears throat> uh, what does it look like, actually? Tell me what the power sword you got looks like. Oh, jeez. Okay, give me a second. 
This is important. I have to think about this. It is a very important decision. It's the, the party's first power weapon. You do have a force weapon, which in Matt's hands, it does the same damage as a power sword. Yes, this is the first real power sword you have. Uh, it's, a, it's a long, straight, sort of more functional sword. Um, the hilt is golden with a very large skull. Of course. You know, as, as like the main cross guard. It's sort of, you know, adorned with little runes and markings etched white around it. So they pop out a little bit. Very nice. The blade itself isn't too uh, amazing or fancy, uh, but it's very clearly, uh, it's well kept. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does look like a a sort of fine make, and when you click the activation stud, then a blue field of crackling energy appears around the blade. Yes. And the the grip is like a white leather. Mm -hmm. So it's a gold and white leather construction. Yes. Very nice. Okay, that that is a a fine weapon. Fancy. Much smiting of heretics shall be carried out. Yes. Yes, much smiting. Yes. Yes. Very well. So you've got your shiny weapon now. Yeah, so that that takes care of the shopping that we wanted to do real quick. So now we can move on to more warp nightmares because we didn't have enough of those. We need more. My favorite. Yeah, we need more. So we we already had warp nightmares for Ketho where you saw your sister be assassinated, or at least the immediate aftermath of it. Okay, way to bring up painful memories. Jeez. And there was absolutely nothing you could do to save her. No! (laughs) And then there was Zarkov, where you went on a raid on a cult stronghold, and you watched your best friend and partner be assassinated. Those best stones! And now, uh, I think we're going to depart slightly from the theme of tragic deaths of the people who are close to characters and do something slightly different with a flashback to Martin. Davis and I talked about it, and I believe we wanted to do, like, the moment where he was working with a, like, heretic workshop on his homeworld of Iacanthos, and a raid sort of shattered his world, was sent him off to the stars after, um... His uh, his heretics got involved with something they shouldn't have. Didn't even really think of him as a heretic, you know, feral world. Not exactly yeah. what is heresy isn't exactly in the forefront of the mind. Mm-hmm. It's uh, when when your um, day-to-day lives are a struggle for survival, you tend to um, gloss over the particulars of the Imperial Creed saying, don't touch the bad Xenos stuff when it's a weapon that could potentially keep you alive. Or it's very helpful in some way, yeah. Yes. I was mainly repairing, like, uh, Xenos drones. Mm-hmm. Now, Iocanthos itself, its technical classification is as an agro-world, but it's not one that is like a peaceful farming villages. Uh, it's more like a Mad Max-style gangs of people on souped-up cars covered in machine guns competing for resources. Because the world is home to the flowers that produce ghost fire pollen, which is used in manufacturing combat drugs for a lot of uh, the penal legions in this sector and surrounding sectors. So the people who rake in the most of that pollen are rewarded with supplies and such from the imperial governance, which is basically in one fortified spaceport and the rest of the planet is just wild zone. And you were working for one of the smaller warload warlords on Iacanthos. Were you on the raid or the the exploration team that actually brought back this um, 
particular Xeno artifact? Or were you kind of like at the base when this group of your compatriots came in with the thing? I was just like a little tech adept, so I just kind of did what I was told around the shop. Didn't do anything really important. Yeah, and so in one one particular day, as as you were like scrubbing grime off a fabricator or something, then uh, a, a group of like a, a couple buggies sort of zoom back into your fortified encampment and do like a few donuts around in the dust. And the people inside seem super ecstatic with whatever they've brought in. Woohoo. Well, should go out and see what all the fuss is about. Yeah. Alright. So then um you pull on out and uh the uh the, there's um a number of people in their sort of like cobbled together armor that are whooping and hollering as they, they jump off the um trucks that they have. And uh a man and a woman hoist a something like wrapped in like canvas tarps off of the back of one of the trucks. It's the the size of like a a short kayak almost, and uh, as they they lower it onto the ground, then they uh they sort of like unwrap it, and you see a structure very much unlike anything you've ever seen. At the center of it is a gemstone about the size of like a very large coconut, and dozens of smaller gemstones surround it, and it's like got intricate structures made out of this bone-like material all around it. You're not quite sure what that is, but everyone uh, in your like, compa- compatriots are super excited about it. And they're like, wow, this thing, I don't know what this is, but damn, if in, if the uh, Imperials at the spaceport aren't going to be impressed at this, this will probably get us food for the whole year. What's uh, your reaction to it? Uh, curious about its function and what value it actually have mm-hmm. beyond just a bobble. Yes. It looks to you like it is... It is not just a bauble. It seems like it has some sort of the general structure of it and the menacing sort of snout at one end of the thing suggests that it is a weapon of some kind. Mm. You are not super familiar with Xeno's technology, but you know what a weapon looks like when you see it. There's a pointy end and then there's a button somewhere. <laughs> Find the button. <laughs> Find the button. All right, and uh, the um, sort of head... They're not quite a tech priest, but they they um were his name was Marcus. He was actually rejected from the Mechanicus on this world for his enthusiasm with unorthodox methods, and he has gathered this sort of warband around him. He he sort of strides forward, wearing like the tattered remains of a Mechanicus robe, with his implants clearly visible. He strides out and says, What's what do we have here? What have you brought me? And uh, the the other sort of people in your group sort of look at each other, and they they don't really know what it is, but they know it's shiny. Marcus does not seem impressed. I can voice up that I think it's a weapon. You do? Tell me more. You can can make up a sort of techno-babble sort of explanation to conceal your ignorance about it. Well, the general structure of the device suggests such a thing. The arrangement of these stones... uh... Is very similar to a focusing array on a on a uh, las carbine. Mm, this ah, uh, excellent. If this is a weapon, it will help us greatly. Affix it to the death buggy. Of course, we have a death buggy. The death buggy. Death buggy. The death buggy. They ah uh, start like picking it up and carrying it towards um one of those cobbled together airplane hangar type buildings that has an enormous spike covered buggy in it. Of course, the death buggy. And so they, they start curtaining the thing off that way. But as they do that, then you hear the, the sort of um, 
revving of an engine is getting louder very, very quickly. And before you have much of a chance to react, then a pair of last cannon blasts puncture the walls of your little stronghold and send them tumbling open as a very, very large black armored vehicle crushes in. It's a like a tank as as big as like not not as big as some of the war rigs you've seen, but it is very large indeed, much larger than a regular car, and certainly dwarfing even the death buggy. And a sort of armored hatch at the front of it opens, and a number of black armored soldiers, space marine, come out the front. We, the viewers, would recognize it as a land raider. Time to hide. Yep. All right. So each of the players who isn't Martin is going to be playing a space marine for just a little moment. Yes. So why don't you all describe who your space marine is and how exactly they lay waste to the heretics around them. Let's start with Ned. Oh, my space marine carries a uh, bolt gun and headshots heretics around him with uh, a casual yet uh, calculating precision. Um, this is a, like an average day, sort of just nonchalantly shooting heretics in the head. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is he from a, a particular chapter at all? If, he, if you don't have a specific chapter in mind, that's fine. I don't, unfortunately, no. All right. Yeah, so you casually headshotting, like, random panicked dudes as they run and try and reach for their weapons. Just, oh, heresy. <laughs> Never something interesting. Yes. John, uh, what, about, what about your marine? What does he do to these poor fools? My marine is Vault, one of the salamanders of great repute. He wields a two-headed warhammer like his Primarch Vulcan. He believes <laughs> in the good of man and smashes heretics with his hammer with uh, uh, prejudice. Ah. <laughs> Much prejudice. All right, yeah, he... So he, char- with a bounding leap, charges out of the front and starts crushing people with that hammer. Singing a shanty war tune. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Matt? What does your marine do? Who is he and what does he do? Uh, I still don't have a chapter. Uh, probably Iron Hands. Uh, I Actually, the one I, I had in mind was the Iron Hands. Aren't Iron Hands trait? Oh, I'm thinking of Iron Warriors, sorry. Iron Hands. Iron Hands are loyal. Iron Warriors are traitors. Yes. Maybe Space Wolves. Space Wolves are cool. Everyone likes those. I don't. Well, I'll, Iron Hands, uh, I'll go. I'll trust you, even though I don't know anything about them. Okay. You don't have to specify a chapter if you don't have one in mind. So my character is a Tech Marine formerly of the Iron Hands. His name is Gaseous Compressicus. <laughs> and his answer to all problems in life is compressed air. He has a gigantic compressed air tank on his back. It's rated for 1,000 PSI. He has disabled the safety and reinforced it himself and always keeps it up to 9,000 PSI. <laughs> all of his weapons and mechadendrites and gear are all exclusively air-powered, and he starts by shooting out a bunch of pneumatic tubes that fly out in all directions, striking several heretics through the eye, and Ah! the tubes begin to deliver a payload of several hundred pounds per square inch of the Emperor's holy air, and their skulls all explode. (laughs) Brains and bits of bone fly everywhere. All right, Gaseous Compressicus makes everyone's heads explode with his little pneumatic death-powered cannon. Excellent. All right, and uh, another guy um, wearing the uh, livery of the White Scars chapter comes out, a bolter in each hand, gunning down heretics as whenever he sees them. Ooh, White Scar. Yeah. 
I like the white scars. They've got a cool um, sort of Mongol aesthetic. Hit and run tactic. Mongol hordes. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, he, so he, he charges on out of sight his brother's Bolterian people. Brothers, don't give these heretics the uh, glory of an honorable death. They signed their death warrants as soon as they brought that corrupted piece of technology in here. Huzzah! Shoot them all down. The Land Raider and the Marines all lay waste to the heretics, none of whom particularly stand as a chance. Uh, they have, like, homemade auto guns and las guns, and the Space Marines have power armor and bolters, so there's not much of a chance here. Well, and a Land Raider. And a Land Raider, yes. Uh, so as this is happening, what does Martin do? Um, running back into the building and try and gather some of my tools and stuff and make a break for it, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no interest in dying to defend this place. All right, out you go. So um, you, you scurry into one of the workshops and uh, hurriedly grab your tools as bolter fire rings out outside. And uh, after a moment, Marcus also runs in. He had like a, a hand cannon in one hand firing out behind him as he runs. And he's like, now, Martin, you have a spark of talent that none of the idiots in this compound could ever muster together. Get out of here. Do something with your life. It's not just dying in the dirt. He reaches into his uh, onto his belt and tears off a key ring, tosses it to you, and says, like, one of, one of the bikes in the back corner of the shop there has this as it's um as the ignition get out of here now get to the imperial fortress and i think where i failed at the mechanicus trials you might succeed what do you how do you respond to that thank you sir i will never forget this Mm -hmm. you can make a break for it or you could stand your ground here it's up to you how it goes well it's like i'm pretty sure it'd just end up dead if i stayed unless i got hmm and the gunfire is um drawing closer you uh as the two of you stand here and hammer slamming oh yes and hammer slamming much hammer slamming at the staccato blasts of bolt guns and the puff 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 of pneumatic cannon punctuated by occasional very loud splats from the hammer well yeah i'll see if, if i can make a break for the bike or not all right you go for the bike jam the key in the ignition and rev it to life uh, as the bike um revs to life then the wall uh, farthest from you is exploded inward by uh, the salamander's hammer, and the marines uh, sort of move into the workshop. You're staring right at them with your bike revving. Oh, jeez. I'm not sure if space marines uh, respond to the whole hands-up thing. <laughs> One way to find out. <laughs> Salamanders are actually nice compared to most space marines. They actually are, relatively speaking. They don't believe humans are completely subhuman. Completely. Yeah. Unlike most space marines, yeah. So, I mean, the if you were going to plead for your life with one of the marines, it's probably... Uh, what did you say um, the name was? Oh, I called him Vault. Vault. Vault is probably the one you'd want to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, let's uh, go with uh, that. Just become like a, a blubbering mess on the ground. <laughs> All right, um... Please don't kill me, oh god! <laughs> oh, Emperor. Right. What? I said, oh, Emperor. I didn't do anything. Marcus strides forward, firing the um, hand cannon. The bullet bounces directly off of Vault's helmet, and Vault crushes the head of Marcus in one swing. And uh, he stands right in front of uh, in front of blubbering Martin. 
Come now, little one. Why show such fear in the face of death? For it is uh, so sudden, and uh, that's not even my Xenos artifact uh, attached to the death buggy. The, I borrowed it. You are, uh, the, the Xenos artifact attached to the death buggy is the thing that your squad was sent to retrieve. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So, do you claim you don't know anything about it? Um, well, just that you guys, uh, well, the, 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 it was brought back here by Marcus, so it's as far as I was involved. Vault kind of shrugs and goes, ah, there has been plenty of death. Show me where this, uh, Xenos artifact is, and I may yet let I do so quite eagerly. Mm-hmm. As, as you walk out, then, uh, the White Scars Marine is just planting his, um, boot on the chest of one struggling heretic and putting a bolt around through his head. And he looks at you, uh, Vault, and says, Brother Vault, why does this one live? He pleaded, my lord. He called out the Emperor's name. He seemed not too heretical. Not too heretical. He's slightly I mean, less heretical than the others. He's young, right, too? He, Martin is very young at this point. Um, probably teenager. Yeah. You see my space marine had just cock his head in confusion, his helmet in confusion off in the distance. He is not yet a warrior. Basically a boy at this point. Like 16 and something. Yeah, I go, he is, there is no honor in killing one who has never even seen combat. Yes. Uh, but he, he knows of where the Xenos artifact is. He saw them brought it in, uh, bring it in. Very well. I guess you guys head there, and at this point, you come in on a, a group of people trying frantically to start up the death buggy, and they, they almost have it ignited, which is probably the only thing that could have actually hurt the Marines. But then, um... They uh, sort of squeak in terror as the space marines come in, and they're quickly killed. Compressor Kiss shoots out more of his little tube tendrils to suck out the air that's in the tires to put in his tank. <laughs> Schlorp. <laughs> Siphon that tire air. Heretics must not have any form of compressed air. Oh no. Oh no. Now I'm imagining him as the... Uh... The the president from Spaceballs who has the like oh, no. the all the cans <laughs> of air underneath his desk. President Screw pops open that sweet sweet can of air and sniffs it all up. All right, <laughs> so um, Martin's quick action actually potentially saved some serious injury to one of the Marines. How do uh, how do you guys react to that? I don't. <laughs> all right. Vault looks to his fellows uh, Marines says. He has proved himself worthy and an asset to our cause. He may yet be worthy of the Emperor. Very well. You have redeemed yourself. I hold my hammer right above Martin's head, just like, I can also crush him if, if we find him to be unworthy. You have a point. This is... Just kind of cowering a little bit. <laughs> my hammer is still above your head. Yep. Yes, cowering continues. A, uh, a bolt around lands, like, in between Martin's legs in the ground. <laughs> As I shoulder my my bolter, mm -hmm. do what you will, boy. Pray the emperor doesn't see you. I will cover the rear, brothers, and I begin doing some sweeps. So, little one, what can you tell us about this artifact? I believe it's um some sort of weapon, but just from the uh, general arrangement, looking very similar to Laz weaponry. But beyond that, no idea. Compressicus, you know that this sort of general inkling about mechanical workings is not sort of common for humans. Most would see the 
this um Xeno artifact is just sort of like a pretty bauble that would be worth a lot, but this one actually seems to have a natural gift for mechanical things. I walk up to him. Have you heard the good news? Um, no. The Omnissiah. <laughs> would I actually know who that is? I know I'd probably know the Emperor, but... You have heard the name mentioned by Marcus before, but never actually... It's the, Mar- Marcus sort of invoked it as a curse a lot. <laughs> I know it's something my my boss used to say when he was really angry. The Omnissiah watches over all mechanical-minded. He is around us all the time. Uh, the White Scars Marine sort of gives like a a roll of his head like, oh no, now he goes on with this again. Oh, here goes the cog boy going off on a tangent again. Yep. In every spark plug, every gear. <laughs> he is all around us. He is in the very air that we breathe. Hence why I have compressed him down into as small a space as possible to concentrate the Omnissiah, so that he may shine brightest. And I spray him in the face with compressed air. Is it sort of like a, a loving blast of compressed air rather than like a rip your face off breast of compressed air? A borderline violent gust of compressed air. Okay. I anoint you with the Emperor's holy flatulence. <laughs> kind of like when someone sort of aggressively shoves a hairdryer in your face. <laughs> kind of that level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I say, like, you have been blessed by the Omnissiah. Do you feel him? I think the, the White Scars Marine sort of just cuts in, like, I think he's trying to tell you that he likes you. <laughs> well, it's like, at this point, I'm actually kind of, like, looking at all the stuff he's got hanging off, like, you know, mechadendrites and whatnot, and just kind of, like, poking at them and marveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I let him do this. I, get, I also spin myself around a little bit. It's like, ooh, what's this one do? What's this one do? Marcus had um, these sort of had a, a couple of mechadendrites himself, but nowhere near as extensive modification as um, this space marine before you has. Everything from the neck down, boys, is completely metal. <laughs> yes, it, it's actually entirely likely that that's true. Oh, God. Or at least um, there, there's probably some squishy internal bits in the chest that are still there, but it's encased in a cage of metal. Properly secured. I'm carrying a 9,000 PSI tank of compressed air. I definitely need robot legs to support this thing. Oh, yeah. That's before we even start talking about the compressor on top. Okay, so um, do you, you just saying, like, you should totally do this Mechanicus thing? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to indoctrinate him straight into the Inquisition. We're going to get this fucking boy some, some emperor in him. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I just say, like, you know, many amongst my ranks would love to see you perish. I can see you have such great interest in the Omnissiah, and he has blessed you. Would you like to have a slightly better fate than death? Well, yeah. <laughs> the Omnissiah's children see the way. And I will follow. I take off one of my little uh, air guns and attach it to another separate can of compressed air, and I let him play with it. Okay, now that that is probably somewhere in my, my effects, I'll say. Yes, you probably still have that air gun. That same air gun you gave, you, you were given on that dusty day in Iacanthus. I, I say, um, I have also modified this tank, though I must admit I have not stress tested it yet. I'm not sure how high the compression on this particular vessel will, will allow. I'm sure it is great, though. All right. And so I guess that was sort of the turning point 
in Martin's life where he's like decides to go get some religion and join the Mechanicus, I would imagine. Yep. So oddly enough, even though this scenario ended with like every single person you knew at that point in your life dying, it had a happy ending. <laughs> By Grimdark standards, it was positively eclectic. Is that the right word? Not exactly. Ecstatic, I think, is the one you're looking for. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't wait, where did I get eclectic? A feel good ending. I mean it it, it was a pretty eclectic word to use in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So that concludes Martin's flashback. So I wanna just say quick I love how you said slightly be- better than death. <laughs> only slightly only slightly hope is the first step on the road to disappointment yes <laughs> grimdark fortune cookies the one sort of remaining flashback we had was for tyrus his particular flashback takes place during the sanctioning process actually because once he exhibited psychic powers aboard his home void ship are you want me to actually yeah if, if you want to do like a quick synopsis of what happened with his ship or what you remember of it even yeah a quick recap is that i was born on a tithe ship in the void fairly standard ship nothing special about it at the age of about seven or eight while the ship was traveling in warp it was lost 300 years later it emerged and the black ships immediately came to it to find nobody on board no bodies no blood no nothing The only person they found was Tyrus as a small child, and they noticed that he exhibited strong psychic powers. So they took him back to Terra for training. Mm -hmm. And Tyrus, he was so young when this all happened, he really does not have many memories of this. His whole life has just been Psyker's Inquisition, Psyker's Inquisition. He doesn't really remember much of his past. The only thing he really remembers is vague memories when the ship was lost and he has memories of what looked to him like uh, a tropical tropical beaches an island he doesn't know what to make of typically something not found in the reaches of space no you never visited the holodeck the holodeck i don't think they have holodecks in 40k yeah probably not to the same sophistication because the holodeck sounds suspiciously like something fun and they don't (laughs) do that a lot in the 40k Super heresy. Super heresy? Mm-hmm. Time to call super exterminatus. We have to get to the molten core. So, yeah, th- this particular flashback takes place at some point during Tyrus's sanctioning process on Terra itself, where you go through training to learn to control your psychic powers. At some point, you're actually exposed to, like, brought, brought into the Emperor's throne room itself, and the people who don't die from exposure immediately get like a little bit of his soul imprinted on theirs for the tyrus's flashback scene then we flash back to like very beginning of tyrus's psycho training which they they took him on the black ships that are used for processing psychers and brought him all the way to terra the seat of the imperium which um at this point is like entirely urbanized uh, with buildings the size of what we would call cities, just as like single buildings for administration, like administrative use and giant temples and all sorts of stuff, pollution clogging the sky. And um, he is actually brought to 
the emperor's palace itself, which is the biggest building on this entire urbanized world. Most pilgrims would like die to get a chance to like even see the thing. Tyrus gets to go all the way inside, but he's not there on a celebratory pilgrimage. He is much younger than today. Would he be a teenager at this point, Matt? Uh, depends on how long his training would take. Sorry, this is the very, very beginning? The very beginning. I mean, he was only like seven or something when he came out of the warp. Okay. So yeah, so it's, it's actually, um, the, the journey home probably took like a couple of years. So he's, he's probably like just a 10-year-old at this point. Okay. And he's, um, he's brought in like with manacles like around his hands and neck made of a, um, a psi-resistant material to like constrain his powers and he's got half a dozen armed guards surrounding him uh with like weapons pointed right at him. and that that's how he experiences this uh all the the cities of holy terra is under suspicious constant guard he gets to the emperor's palace to um actually be judged at the foot of the emperor's throne which is like the throne, the steps leading up to the throne itself are, like, larger than any mountain we have currently on Earth. Just enormous, with um, all these intricate machineries all over the thing, and attendants swarming around it. And, like, farther up, uh, a whole, like, chapter of space marines dedicated just to protecting the Emperor, the Adeptus Custodes. Like, way up there. He's way, 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 way at the bottom of this. So he can see, like, a golden glow in the distance where the emperor is supposedly seated. But um, he's mostly dealing with a officiary who's um, going to be judging him. As he's sort of um, on his way up there, there's a, a disconcerting, like, sort of big, like, red stain on the floor. And th he sees a... A dude actually just, like, with a mop and bucket sweeping away at it. <laughs> He's going to be standing right on where that bloody stain was in just a moment. So, uh, what's, uh, what's Tyrus's reaction to all of this? He is just darting around, or his, his view is darting around nervously. He has absolutely no idea what he's gotten himself into. He's used to the, the quiet of a efficiently run ship, and now there's all this chaotic noise everywhere around him and now he's seeing blood in front of him which is probably something he's never actually seen before depends what he remembers from his time in the warp the only thing he really remembers are vague images of what looked like a tropical island he has no idea what that was about no other than that nothing and um your ship was i believe like a a, a peaceful sort of ship not not a warship right it, it was it was just a humble tithe ship Mm -hmm. So, um, what, um, uh, Davis, what is, uh, what, what does your janitor say to this, this poor little kid who is, I mean, usually the psychers are significantly older than this when they're brought before the throne. Um, it's, they're, they're like in teenage years when their powers start to develop, but this is like a 10 year old kid. Um, <laughs> trying to think whether they take this, uh, the, reassuring or serious or very silly way exactly <laughs> it's your call it's like hey try not to get your brains on that wall over there i literally just had to cream that 
Or the, oh God, this child is so young. But I think I'll go with the former. Alas, alack, the humanity that such a young child would be dragged to such a gruesome fate. But yeah, the more the former. Don't get your brains on that there wall, kid. I, I just say, I, I don't understand. I was told that I'd be shown to the Emperor. What is this place? Oh, he's right up there. Just, uh, he might want to try and see you. See what? To see if you're worthy. Well, maybe he can help me out. I'm kind of, I, I really have no idea what's going on here. But I was told that he was, that he could help me. Oh, for some people he does. For others, quite the opposite. Well, Tyrus is very confused. He very much wants to see the Emperor because he has been hyped up this whole time. Uh, and Tyrus, his whole life has been, what, what little of it there has been, has been very confusing for him. Uh, everyone he once knew is dead. He got teleported out into some other weird dimension that no one's really explained to him what that was about. Or the fact that hundreds of years have advanced since his birth. Um, but this is all contrasting against the rather grisly uh, sights and sounds all around him that are making him doubly nervous. Schlip schlorp goes the mop. Tyrus just tries to stare ahead and ignore the blood. Decidedly pink water. The, the, the water in this mop bucket is, it's very pink. Like there's, there's been more than one person's worth of blood in, emptied into that bucket. Fruit juice. It's all just tang. And Kool-Aid. So, besides the procession of psychers, uh, I've actually seen a picture of that. Um, is there anyone else in the room? Um, the, there's the procession of psychers and all the accompanying guards. Um, and there's a... At sort of the, the head of this line and before this red-stained area that you are currently cleaning, there is like a, a small gaggle of officiants and scribes and a sort of a tall, stern-faced man in uh, silver robes who's got like a um, orb and staff of office. He stands in front of this large, um, hmm, it's, it, you can tell it's some kind of technology, but it's very arcane in function. It looks like some kind of magnifying apparatus, but with many more lenses than should strictly be necessary for that sort of thing. And um, it's that all these lenses sort of like focus on that one spot where the, you know, the, the concentration of all this blood came from. It the sort of like disturbingly evokes the image of uh, an ant held underneath a magnifying glass. Are they walking me towards that thing? Yep. Mm. I think the, the ground is satisfactorily clean that the next recruit can be brought for testing, which is Tyrus. In this case, I was about to ask, am I the next recruit? It sounds like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's your basically your your conversation with this janitor is uh, the only thing precluding you from being hauled right in front of this lens array right now. As I finish cleaning, I, I uh, pick up the bucket and shoulder them up and uh, whip around uh, facing in the other direction, hitting one of the guards in the face with the wet end of the mop. Clap. Hey. Good, good luck, kid. <laughs> Just walk <laughs> off. <laughs> that janitor was probably the only friendly face you've seen, uh, well, since you were lost in the warp. Everyone else has been stern or suspicious or downright afraid. And then uh, you are hauled 
right in front of the uh, the lenses and that stern-faced man. Tyrus, Tithe Ship 314, number 27. Please step forward. Receive your judgment. Tyrus stands ramrod stiff. All right. Do you step forward? No. <laughs> I just say, I just want us to talk to the Emperor. You will. And then he, like, waves his rod, and the two guards behind you just sort of, like, shove you forward with their shock, like, just the staff parts of their shock prods, and then hit the backs of your knees to have you kneel right in front of all the focusing arrays. With a, a sort of a hum, all the lenses shift very slightly and start to glow with a, a radiant light that shines right into you. And uh, <clears throat> for a moment that seems to stretch into eternity, it feels as though your entire body is racked with fire. And like you, every, every nerve ending is alight with pain and ecstasy at the same time. It seems like it drags on for an eternity, but eventually you hear a voice shine out in your head that seems almost, it's uh, stern yet kindly and, and like comforting yet imposing and all, all sorts of, it's, it's like everything at once, uh, all into your head. And uh, the voice speaks. It's the voice of the emperor. How are you, my child? Where are you? I sit on my throne. Where's that? Ahead in the chamber. Well, I'm glad I could talk to you because, see, well, I got all these problems, see, because I'm a little kid and my parents died, or that's what they tell me. I don't really know. They just disappeared one day and then I, was, I woke up on my ship and no one was there and they said it was like 300 or something years later and then they took me and I don't know what's going on. That was the time of the Great War. All those things happened for a reason. But now things are moving forward. The pieces are on the table. What pieces? What table? The regicide table. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know I was going to start making your... Yeah. <laughs> What's regicide? <laughs> the greatest game of all. Something you will be really obsessed with in a couple decades. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm trying to figure out what to, what to say exactly. Um, Game? You mean like tic-tac-toe? Me and my friend, Billy, we used to play tic-tac-toe on the ship engines. No, it is a game of kings and gods, champions. Oh. You have a part to play, for good or for evil. I cannot tell yet. You can't tell me, but you're the emperor. Soon you will understand. Is this a recording? <laughs> Leave a message after the beep. <laughs> I don't know, is there anything you want me in particular to relay to him? I did not have anything particular in mind that you should be telling to him. If you want to drop hints to stuff, you can, but it's. It, I think this one was kind of a kind of a, a overall a, a disappointing experience for Tyrus. Like he was expecting more. Yeah, I was trying to go for like the uh, like he kind of like overlooking like his tragedy kind of approach, and then I was trying to make a regicide reference, but yeah, uh. it's good though. I mean, it could we could at at that point like Ty Tyrus calls out for more answers, and there's nothing. Nothing really else that comes. It's like um, in um, fucking uh, Lion King when he's like um, screaming <laughs> for his dad. And it's like, remember, 
remember. Mufasa, don't go. I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Remember. (laughs) So yeah, you you have the um, the Mufasa goes, and uh, then you sort of like as soon as all this began, you're sort of snapped out of it and uh, lying um, on the lying on your your um, like crouched on your hands and knees. And at, at some point during that whole experience, you threw up. You just hear my character in the background scream, God damn it! <laughs> oh, now I gotta get my barf bucket. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, guy. And the the preceptor, uh, that's that's probably the, the office name for the guy in the silver, silver robes with the rod and staff. He sort of leans down a bit and, uh, like, puts the rod underneath your chin and pokes your pokes your head up a little bit and he says remarkable he retains his sight and like a little um a, a little like servo skull floats in front of you and is like shining a light in your eyes to like check for vision you verify that you do indeed still have your sight and he's like the bonding process was a success unqualified success excellent bring him to the premier quarters and then he just sort of like looks at uh then like wait waves the rod to direct you away and then says next and then the the two guards who have been um sort of minding you uh re- reach down and like grab you by the shoulders and haul you up and uh march you off and um as you as you walk down the halls you hear like a um you you hear like the the echoing of you have to like go down like a little bit of a spiral staircase to get out of here and you hear echoing um the, the preceptor's words and then the the lenses fire up and almost immediately there's a big just explosion and then <laughs> you hear something oh dear what a disappointment next <clears throat> whoops so that's uh that, that's them testing the psychers for viability um tyrus was found to be quite viable so you are brought to the um the premier quarters Actually, as you're going, do, um, does the janitor say anything to Tyrus as he walks past? Uh, ah, that's how you do it, kid. Give him, like, a high five as he goes by. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, yeah, Ty- Tyrus is escorted to the premier quarters, which is, I mean, the, their, their definition of the premier quarters is about exactly what you're used to. Is as your uh, your bunk on the void ship, which is very very small indeed. Um, and you you curl up on a um a a cot with like a a threadbare blanket. The the guards instruct you to sleep, and uh, a meal will be delivered shortly. And they uh they shut the door uh, behind them, and uh, distressingly, it still has um it still has a lock like you would find on a jail cell. And uh, barred windows to look in on you, so it's it still seems like a prison. So you you sit there, and um, what what does Tyrus think to himself as he's sort of left in this cell? Well, I guess I lied about that emperor guy. All he seems to do is kill kids. It's not very nice. Generally, not not filled with adoration. His anxiety is only worse by this point, and he truly has no idea what's going on or how to get out. Yeah. Uh, just as that thought is occurring to to you, you hear like a a chunk as the um the door is uh, unlocked and it, it's pushed open gently and a very tall and slender man walks in wearing this like 
it's uh, you've, you've never really seen clothing particularly like it. He's got essentially a, a form-fitting bodysuit with um, extra ornamental flaps of fabric. Um, all of it patterned with like the the wildest patterns you can possibly imagine. Um, some of them have like squiggles interlocking, uh, tessellating shapes, diamonds on a colored field, and the patterns all seem to very subtly shift constantly, and such that it's it's very hard for your eyes to keep focus on this guy's form. And uh, his face is a sort of a porcelain mask with like a a great a great big smiling face on it, and it <clears throat> something it it. You want to be filled with mirth looking at it, but there's something just a little bit off about the whole ensemble. And uh, it's, I, I said man, but it's, it's actually, upon reflection, it's, it, your eyes told you man at first, but it might be a woman, it might not be, it might be non-binary. It's, it's actually very difficult to tell. And um, the voice doesn't help. The voice is androgynous. And it says to you, the great unveiling was not nearly so wondrous as was promised. Yes. Unveiling? Is that what that was? Unveiling of your God when you were brought before his throne, subjected to his divine majesty. People live their lives adoring it and hoping to have such a similar experience. But here you stand in your cell, curled as a wilting leaf. It doesn't ask you any questions in particular it kind of the sen- the sentence hangs at a very awkward point i didn't know god lived in a bunch of lenses the lenses let you see god god lives far on the mountain out of reach of any of us whether that god be the emperor or vol or assyrian they are all out of our reach are you saying i was talking to someone else you talk to what you perceived as the divine little one you do not need the answers now though you want them. The answers may not even come to you in our lives. You must find them, or make them, or discover them. What's going to happen to me? You will advance. You've bested your fellows in this preliminary trial. And if you hope to find the answers for yourself, you must push yourself so that none surpass you. When you are the foremost of your peers, you can make your own answer. None can judge you if you stand head and shoulders above the greatest of their number. Is there like a test or something? Every day is a test. Every day we wake with the greatest burden of all survival placed upon our shoulders, and we must rise to meet it every day. You are being tested at every moment. Do not relent. I have seen there are great things to come for you, and you must be the one to make your choices, not your fellows. Not your gods. You make the choices. What does Tyrus think of all of this? Uh, he thinks he's getting like the runaround. Like he, people are telling him all these weird things and not explaining. He's, he asks, like, why do you even want me here? I don't understand what's going on. You are here because if you were anywhere else, you would be hunted down. That is the fate of our kind. Our kind? Those who touch the warp. You're not supposed to touch that, I've been told. But you do. When you open your mind, you touch the warp more than any of these cattle could ever conceive. You do touch the warp, and it is your power. When I was, but also your death. Yeah, when I was on my ship, we were told that the ship could keep the warp out. 
said it was a very dangerous thing. They told all of the kids all kinds of scary stories about it. Trying to hold out the warp is like trying to block a waterfall with your hand. It cannot be done. Like trying to stop an emotion with your hand. The warp can't be stopped in the same way as any physical object to be stopped. You can take precautions, yes. You can gird yourself in pretty lies telling you that everything will be just fine. But technology fails. Ambitions fail. Your own solutions sometimes are the only things between you and the yawning gulf of the warp. I must go now. And the figure starts to back out of the room. How does Tyrus respond to that? Uh, he gets down on the floor and sort of bowing towards him, like, please don't leave. I must know more. You will know more. You will learn so much more. Seek the island. There you will find the answer. Goodbye, little Monkey. You have a grand part to play in the drama unfolding across the stars. What did you call me? Monkey? And it, it almost seems like this figure winks at you from behind its mask. It, it's mask. And uh, it, it steps out. Um, it had, it like... It had closed the door and locked it behind it when it came in, and it just steps back out through the door and then sort of walks out of sight. You're saying it didn't lock the door? What was, what was that part? Uh, when, it, when it came into the room, it unlocked the door, walked in, shut the door, and locked the door again. It didn't seem like it had a key. It just unlocked it. And then this time, it just stepped into the door and sort of phased through it. Oh, <laughs> well, that's different. Yep. Um, Tyrus is just looking at the door. He goes up to the door to see if it's actually like material. Yep, that is a that is a very real door still. So he just walked through a steel door. And uh, looking out into the hallway, there's no sign of the figure. Yep, he did walk um, straight through a steel door. By the way, Matt Monkey is just how Eldar say human. Oh, great. <laughs> of course, Tyrus doesn't know that. Yes, the, uh, the, the gods they mentioned, uh, the Emperor, of course, you know, and Val and Asurian are two of the Eldar gods. Monke is in monkey, I assume. It does, it is very, very similar to that word, yes. Uh, <laughs> they really don't think much of us. They think very little of anyone who isn't an Eldar. And they look so much like us. They do. And I think that's the end of your little flashback memory is staring out into that hallway, seeing nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I had to... I, I thought about how to play that Eldar for a little while, and it's... They don't operate like humans. They don't talk like humans, and I hope that came across. Mm -hmm. There was definitely something weird about him. Was this, uh, this an enjoyable flashback? Mm -hmm. I like the bit where I asked if the Emperor was a machine, or, yeah, it was, am I talking to a recording or something? Mm -hmm. Although, so I guess Tyrus didn't actually physically see the Emperor, because I was going to make a comment about how, like, you're dead or something like that. Yeah, no, uh, the Emperor himself is very, very far up the stairs. Mm -hmm. Most people will never actually see the Emperor in person, even if they, like, come to the building. Right. If you do see the Emperor, he's kind of just, well, he, he looks like someone who's been in a, a coma for 10,000 years. I wonder if that janitor has seen him. That'd be the mm. ultimate embarrassment. What'd you say? I said I was wondering if that janitor has seen the Emperor, because that'd be the ultimate embarrassment. Hey, janitorial clearance will get you anywhere. Yeah, it's one of the few clearances that allows you to see the Emperor. 
uh, above even the High Lords of Terra is the janitor. I mean, someone's gonna change the colostomy bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that flowchart where they show how all the different factions are, like, and what they're, how they're related to each other faction, and where the leadership and everything is, and how the emperor's at the top, but it's still above him. It just says janitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I I enjoyed the session at least. Uh, hope it was enjoyable for you guys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, so each of you get uh get two hundred XP for today. All right. I think I figured out how to do the yeah the roll twenty thing. We spend yeah. Okay. Uh, did did you uh did you get my message about maybe holding off on the psi rating six for now? Uh yeah I so right now if if this is correct I have sixteen hundred to spend um. <clears throat> You just gave us 200 XP to spend, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just gave you 200 now. Yeah, I've got I got 1800 XP to spend. I don't know what I'm gonna get. Me neither. I mean, because I have a wish list of other stuff. I don't know. I just I was always. I mean, I had been planning on getting um, higher psi rating for a while. Um, I don't know if you want to talk more always. about that. Sorry, what was that? Yeah. I think you mean always. <laughs> yeah. I just I figured that um, maybe hold on. Like hold off on the advancing to psi rating six because I know in in dark heresy number one that was like the hard cap for a human can only get to psi rating six, mm-hmm. um, and so like we're we're still like kind of firmly at like mid level uh, of like dark dark heresy power levels, right? Uh, so, and I I also just think that it uh like. You could maybe benefit from some something to make you not quite so squishy, or some more like skills that aren't psychic power related stuff. Yeah, actually, if you take a look, I just um, I made this a while ago, a little wish list. Um, there's definitely some skills on there, not necessarily things that will make me less squishy. It's mostly lore, logic, scrutiny, science stuff like that. Um, well, one thing that may, would make me slightly well, not physically less squishy, squishy, but mentally less squishy. Uh, John, you're familiar with this, is uh, the Jaded talent. Yes, dude. It it saved me more than once from going insane. It's only 200 XP. I was also looking at Deny the Witch, Warp Lock, and Favored by the Warp. Those might make, make, those might make things slightly less fun, though. It's a, we, we haven't actually had like a bad Perils of the Warp roll yet. Somehow, yeah. Oh, um, I'm going to get off at this point. Um, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But um, I uh, I know it was good hanging with you guys for the night. Mm-hmm. I got to I got to play as the emperor and janitors and little children, and it was fun. The emperor's ass itches. Oh no, senor! My bed sores are getting worse. <laughs> that would have been a terrible way to play the emperor. <laughs> God, finally someone's listening. <laughs> The corn on my big toe hurts! Thank you for listening to It's Probably Heresy. You can support the show on the Patreon page for It's Probably Heresy, and our work is also available on a number of other sites and podcast services. If you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes through Patreon, or by emailing itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com with no apostrophe. Though few may know of your service, the Emperor thanks you for your sacrifice.